And welcome to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vanderbilt here, your host with his trusted sidekick, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. There you go. That's Woody. He has a dog, a few barks. And of course, with that wolf, Woody is not only saying thank you for listening to the show, but he's saying, please visit our website, pblpodcast.com. All of our social media links are there. Click on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Again, we're going to be putting together some videos right now. I've been putting my TikTok videos up there, getting a lot of comments on them recently. So I need to put some more up. So go over there and look at them. Now, Let's start off with an update on TikTok. Over the weekend, I well, I did a show or posted a show on Friday, and then immediately after, I saw an article, TikTok is banned. TikTok is gone because the deal wasn't liked by President Trump between Oracle and TikTok. And then I put out a little quick blurb, a little three-minute blurb saying, oh, man, it looks like I was wrong. TikTok is banned. It's gone. And then over the weekend, lo and behold, they worked out a deal between Oracle and uh, was it Walmart? I think it is. And TikTok lives on. President Trump has agreed. So now people can have their little dance videos there are a lot of dance videos on TikTok. And the leftists on TikTok can breathe a sigh of relief because they get to spew their ridiculous rhetoric and platitudes onward forth going. I don't know what that meant. But anyway, TikTok lives. So you know what? But the, the, the funny thing about it is, is I'm getting kind of burn out on TikTok, believe it or not. Uh, I haven't put as much out recently, not because they were going to be banned. Uh, maybe it was, I don't know, psychology, you know, in the back of my mind, but I don't know. It just seems now that there's no allure to it, there's not going to be banned. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because they're not going to be banned. I just don't feel as excited about it anymore, but I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of fun at TikTok, but really what I think it is, is I was ill last week and kind of bedridden for a couple of days. And I literally went into the belly of the beast of TikTok. And what I saw was like so disgusting and disturbing is the leftist on there, how shallow and how asinine they were i'm thinking oh man i don't know if i want any more of this but anyway i'll probably prevail and stay on tiktok for a while and just have some more fun maybe take a slight break but anyway let's get to the bigger news the bigger news is you've already heard ruth bader ginsburg died over the weekend or friday i guess it was and that was all over the news, uh, over the le- uh, over the news, over the weekend, and the left just going apoplectic again because that's what they do over the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Because now President Trump has the opportunity to put another person on the Supreme Court of the United States, and they are beside themselves. So I want to delve into that because there's been a lot of rhetoric on that g- coming out of the weekend, going into this week. So let's get in. To that. First off, you probably already heard that allegedly, and I do say allegedly, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that her dying wish was that she not be replaced until the new president is, um, I don't know, what did she use? Selected, appointed, whatever, drafted. But anyway, the, the language she used was kind of weird because it wasn't in a legal sense because we don't, uh, you know, we don't place presidents, we elect presidents. And her language didn't sound like that, or at least the alleged language. And this came from her granddaughter who said that on her dying deathbed. Now, in 2016, Merrick Garland was put up 
before the Supreme Court on March of 2016. And that was in an election year. Now, it was a lame duck election year because it was Obama's last election year. He couldn't or last year in office, you know, he served his two terms, could not serve another term. So uh, Antonin Scalia passed away, and he put up Merrick Garland, and this is in March of 2016. And Mitch McConnell, again, who ran the Senate, as he does now, blocked it, and it blocked it all the way through the election, and Trump was able to get his selection, and the left went crazy, crazy, crazy about that. So now the left is saying that the, the right needs to adhere to that model. So in other words, the left, get this, get this, the left agrees with Mitch McConnell now and not Barack Obama. So now the O'Connell, Mitch, Mitch McConnell precedent is what they're buying into versus the Obama precedent. So think about that. They actually now agree with Mitch, Mitch McConnell and they disagree with Barack Obama. Now, Barack Obama now disagrees with himself. He's come out and said that we should hold off until the after the election. All right, so it's all kabuki theater. It doesn't matter. By the Constitution of the United States of America, President Trump has the authority to select a Supreme Court justice to be nominated for this open seat. In fact, it is his obligation. Obama said that himself in 2016, trying to push Merrick Garland through. So long story short is, to the victor go the spoils. Obama famously says, uh, said, I won, you lost. Well, guess what, Democrats? You lost. Trump won. Get over it. And Trump is going to move forward with his pick. So you've got the left just going ape shit over this. Why? Why? Well, we all know why. They do not want Trump to get another nominee on the court. Because if they do, that's a 6-3 split towards conservatives. Now, not really, because John Roberts has not proven himself to be a conservative jurist. He has proven himself to be wishy-washy. He is the, uh, what is it, um, the Kennedy of the court. What is it? Um, oh, I forget that jurist name, first name, but it was it John Joe Kennedy? Anyway, John Roberts has proven himself to be wishy-washy on the court, so much so that people think the left have something on him. I'm not so sure. I don't know. I don't play those kind of games. But John Roberts has been wishy-washy, there's no doubt. But if we put another conservative jurist on the Supreme Court, technically that gives the court a 6-3 split towards conservatism. Even if you take Roberts out of it and put his wishy-washy on the other side, you still got a 5-4, which bodes well for the right. And that's what the left doesn't want. Now, there are some that are saying that this was all by design, that they kept Ruth Bader Ginsburg on ice uh, only to throw a wrench in the system right now. No, no, no. The woman, the woman did this. The woman, here's what happened is Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have retired under Obama. She she should have retired. There were actually people that were encouraging her to retire because she was advanced age. She she had health issues and you know, she didn't. And she she hedged her bets that Hillary Clinton would win because you know, most likely because she's a feminist, a hardcore radical feminist, most likely she wanted a female president to choose another female jurist. Well, it didn't work out. Trump won. Hillary lost. Now Ruth Bader Ginsburg, advanced age, poor health, is sitting there going, crap, I got to live through this administration. I think she even said so that she was going to carry on uh, through this administration because she did not want Trump to replace her.
So she was in and out of the hospital for a number of years. For She's been very ill. And I got to tell you, I was admiring her for her stamina, uh, being able to push through all these illnesses. I mean, the woman was a rock. There's no doubt about it. She was one tough cookie. <coughs> Excuse me. And But ultimately, we as humans, we pass. Our bodies give out. And rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Right before the election. So now this is what it gives for the election. So so Ruth Bader Ginsburg, oh, let me get on that minute. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she hedged her bets. She lost. I'm sorry. She just did. And the left, now they're going apoplectic about it because Trump gets to select another nominee, not just during an election year, like 40-some days out of the freaking election. I mean, we got 40-some days left, and Trump gets to select a Supreme Court pick. And what's he going to do? He's going to select a female. Oh, <laughs> now the left, now the left is going even more crazy because now this, 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 the, you know, because this is how the left thinks. They think because he selects a female, more females are going to vote for him. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, he's been indicating he was going to select a female anyway. So this isn't a surprise. And he's got some females on the short list, like uh, Amy Cohen Barrett is one who's on the short list. And she's very, very, um, uh, viable, by the way, she's she's got the r the right skill set. She, I think she uh, interned with Anthony Scalia. I mean, the woman's got some serious bona fides. Then also just heard this morning that he put that he's mentioned um, a female judge in Miami who has of Cuban descent. Her parents came here from Cuba. I mean, these two, just these two alone, are are going to make the left very challenged to overcome especially the lady who is from cuban descent because she won her confirmation to her current judgeship by 85 to 15 that means 85 of the senators voted in favor of so that means a lot of leftists did as well now it doesn't matter they're still going to um push against this and they're going to use the ruth bader ginsburg last dying wish as a reason as to why they can't support this nominee they're going to use the mitch mcconnell precedent as a reason why they can't support this nominee it does not matter one iota the person's pedigree background bona fides doesn't matter does not matter doesn't matter if he selects uh amy cohen doesn't matter if he selects the judge of cuban descent does not matter they're going to do the exact same thing and they're going to push it all on trump and it's not going to work uh, the Republicans have control of the Senate. They have a 53 uh, majority right now. Two of the Republican senators, Sarah Collins and Murkowski, have said they're not going to vote for him. So now they're at 51. The other senator that's on the bubble would be uh, Mitt Romney. He has not come out and said anything as of yet, as of this recording. But if that happens, that gives him 50. Then Pence comes in with the tiebreaker and boom, you got uh, a new Supreme Court justice in right before the election. And that is important. We already see this is going to be a contested, a hotly contested election, uh, if possibly, maybe it won't be. Get into that in a second. So if it is, you want to have nine jurists on the bench because then you can have a tiebreaker if it comes to that. The left do not want that. They do not want this. They want to do everything and anything they can to prevent this election from going to Trump. So much so that they will lie, cheat, and steal no matter what. This is going to be one of the most contentious elections 
on the surface that we'll have seen in a long, long time. Now, what do I mean by on the surface? Because I, I, I apply or I live by Oscom's razor. I may be saying that wrong. Somebody can correct me. Hey, the PBL podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but the simplest answer is typically the answer. The simplest solution is typically the solution. So on the surface, right now, the left is kicking up a lot of dust. I mean, a lot of dust. They want you to believe that this election is so contentious, that's so on the bubble, that if you have an iota of doubt, it's going to push you over to their side. So they have got to kick up so much dust. I mean, like no tomorrow, because they know their internal polls show them they're losing the election. Have you ever seen an election with this much passion for a candidate? And I don't mean Biden, because I, I could tell you that I've never seen an election with so little, little passion for a candidate as in Biden. I've never seen an election with so much passion for a candidate as in Trump. I have never seen, and I've, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to give my age, but, you know, I've been following politics since 92. I mean, my story is in 1992, I voted for Bill Clinton, immediately started doing some research. After that, I bought into the rhetoric that George H.W. Bush was bad because he was in the CIA, blah, blah, blah. Totally stupid on my part. I was young and stupid, and I realized my mistake, so I started to pay attention. And once I started to pay attention, I realized the Democrats are bad for the country. They're just bad for the country. I'm sorry, they just are. Voting for a Democrat, you're voting uh, for against your country. That's my opinion because I think the Democrats are bad for the country. They're, they would want to bring everybody else down to their level because they don't want anybody to rise up. I, I, I abhor the Democrat Party. They are the party of slavery. They are the party of Jim Crow. They are the party of racism. And the sooner that we get rid of Democrats in our country, the better. However, we do need balance of power. And right now we have a two-party system. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address make sure that you vote and vote informed. <clears throat> so, sorry, I was trying to do the mute button on that. Didn't work. Uh, so we do have, we have a two-party system right now. So it is what we have. So, you know, we need a number of Democrats in there to maintain a balance of power or a balance of uh, reality, if you will. Because if you give the, the Republicans too much power, remember that old saying, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So we want this balanced system, and that's what our founding fathers put in place. But the Democrats, in my opinion, are bad for America. They're definitely bad for minorities. They're a horrible party. And the sooner that we push them down in power, the better we are going to be. So what, what you have going on right now in our country is the Democrats are pulling out all the dirty stops. They're going to make people believe that Trump is bad, that your vote for Trump is a, a vote for evil, a vote for Trump is going to set our country back, that they are the ones that can save us, but they haven't told us from what. 
all they say is orange man bad. That's it. That's all they can do. They haven't told us anything. Of, they keep saying we can't go to four. We can't do four more years with Trump. But why? I mean, look at what happened prior to the pandemic. The country was on fire. So they haven't given you, me, even their own base, a good enough reason to vote for them. In other words, vote for Biden. Now let's look at Biden. There's no passion for Biden. He has these rallies and there's nobody there. Now I know they're, they're doing the social distancing thing, but I think that's just an excuse because they've got nobody that shows up. You've got more Trump supporters that show up at a Biden rally outside than you do Biden people. And then you look at what's happening with Trump and the support he has. Have you ever seen flotillas like you've seen? I mean, Reagan was one of the most beloved presidents. But did you see anything like this for Reagan? Now, I was really young in Reagan. Maybe I it was there and I didn't see it. But I don't recall the flotillas you see, the boat, you know, the boat rallies that you see for Trump for didn't see it from uh, Romney didn't see it for McCain, didn't see it for H.W. Bush, didn't see it for George W. Bush. You didn't see it for any of these kind of cats. I've never seen this before. I've never seen going down the street and there's these people with the, all these Trump flags on their cars. I've never seen anything like it. People have literally spent their own money and painted their vehicles Trump. I mean, it's amazing to watch. I've never seen anything like it. And you see exactly the opposite for Biden. I mean, the exact opposite. There is little to no passion for Biden. Why? Because he's an, he's an uninspiring candidate. He's a placeholder. And then his cognitive decline, why would anyone get back behind a man who literally, literally looks like he is falling apart? His wife just recently came out and said, I wish people would not pick on my, and I'm paraphrasing. She said something totally different. I wish people would stop picking on my hunters or stop being so mean to my husband. Don't they know he's had two strokes? What? What? Two strokes? So we're supposed to be like, oh, poor Joey. He's had two strokes. Let's elect him president. What? Wait, what? He, th this is the most stressful job in the world. And we want to give it to a man who now his wife is begging us not to be mean to him because he's had two strokes. So the left is in a frenzy right now because they don't know what to do. They know right now, I believe deep down and based on their internal pollings, they know they're going to lose. So here is what they're doing. <clears throat> this is why they're going to ratchet up the rhetoric and they're going to ratchet up the, 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 charges against Trump, the orange man bad. Uh, they're even talking about impeaching him to prevent him from getting this Supreme Court pick. Now, why are they doing all this when they know their candidate's going to lose? They're doing this because they don't want Trump to have a landslide. Because if Trump gets a landslide victory, Several things are going to happen. Down ballot is going to hurt the Democrats. If Trump gets a landslide or has a landslide victory, they're going to lose the House of Representatives. And if they lose the House of Representatives, they lose whatever power they have right now that they're clawing onto. They, they lose badly if they lose the House of Representatives. So what they can't allow to have happen is Trump to have a landslide victory 
and they lose races down ballot because people are so excited to vote for this president that they just vote red down ballot and they lose the House of Representatives and maybe even another Senate seat or so. Because if they do that, Trump will have an unprecedented mandate. And if he has an unprecedented mandate, whatever he wants to get through, he's got the political capital to push through. When's the last time a president had an unprecedented mandate? Well, this would be Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan in 1980 and 1984 won in a landslide, 1984 more so. So his second term, he had an unprecedented mandate and was able to get through a lot of things, deregulation, blah, blah, blah. And, and I say, I hate to minimize but saying blah, blah, blah. Sorry about that. And the country soared. George H. W. Bush was able to be reelected, which was uh, unprecedented in and itself because typically what has happened in presidential history is if a president gets two terms, the party gets two terms, the party typically does not get a third term. You can go look at this polling group called the uh, primary model, and the primary model shows you that historically in the last, well, last elections back, dating back to 1960, only one time has the party elected the part, you know, the people have elected a particular party to a third term. That was George H.W. Bush from Reagan. Reagan won an unprecedented landslide. He lost one state in 1984, and that was Minnesota. That was where I think it was Mondale, where he was from. So <clears throat> this is what the left fears more than anything else. If Trump gets a landslide victory like that, he will have an unprecedented mandate to move his agenda forward like Reagan was able to do in his second term. And that will lead to another administration under the Republican banner. And that is what they're afraid of. So make no mistakes. They're not trying to push all of this down our throats because they want Biden to win or think Biden can win, or because they don't want Trump to get a th another nomination on the Supreme Court. They don't because they know that if that happens, it helps him in his election. It helps him potentially get a landslide. So they have to sow enough doubt. They have to put enough doubt in the electorate that these some of these blue states who potentially can go red stay blue, even by the thinnest margin. That's all that matters. Even in the state of California, you are seeing Trump rallies like you have never seen before. Over the weekend, I saw one out of Beverly Hills, California, a Trump rally. Now, so have you seen anything like this? Have you seen any kind of excitement for a candidate in the last number of years that you see for one like Trump? Uh, again. I have it. The excitement for this president is something I have never seen in my years of uh, watching politics. So you got that going on and you've got no one really excited about a Biden presidency. How does that going to bode in come election time? I mean, how how can you look at the excitement for this president and the total lack of excitement for Biden and think that Biden is going to win the election? This is what has the Democrats worried more than anything else is the excitement for Trump. So what they have to do is they have to continue, 
continue to bash Trump and to put him in a negative light as to knock him down a peg because they don't want people being this excited about Trump. And the thing is, it's backfiring. See, what the left doesn't get is they don't understand human psychology. They, they just – I don't know why. They're not – uh, dumb people. I mean, they're dumb in their politics, but you know, these are educated people. They've gone to school, most of them. A lot of people, a lot of people that I know who are um, left, leftist supporters, you know, vote for Democrats are highly educated people. So you had to think that some of them have gone through like a human psychology course in college, even in high school, and understand how the human psyche works and what reverse nature or, you know, the um, what do they call it? You know, in business, you call it reversing, right? The, um, the psychology of reversing where making people come to you by telling them what they don't want. You know, it's how a lot of people do in business where, and I used to teach this, by the way, is you would say, oh, you know, I don't think this is a good fit for you. What? Wait a minute. Why would you say that? Well, I just think this isn't right for you. I don't think this is something that I think if you do, it's going to work out. Well, I don't know. It might. Let's talk about it. See, that's using reverse psychology. That's what's called. That's using reverse psychology to get people to come to your side. I do it all the time with my son, by the way. My son is nine years old, and my son does not want to get up in the morning. Every morning, he doesn't want to get up. And I, every morning, I use reverse psychology on my son. See, my son loves school, and I know he loves school, but he doesn't want to get up in the morning. So I said, okay, well, this is the morning we're going to sleep in and not go to school. No, I want to go to school. No, no, you don't. Come on. Let's just lay in bed. Let's just relax, enjoy this. It's so nice to just sleep in and not go to school. No, I want to go to school. No, you don't. I do. And he gets up every morning. I've been using this every morning for weeks and it works. You know, eventually he's going to figure it out and it's not going to work, but that's human reverse psychology. And I don't get how the left doesn't get it. They keep pushing you in one direction and not trying to get you to come to their direction. They're constantly pushing, not pulling. They want, they bash you on the head and they're telling you Trump is bad, Trump is bad, Trump is bad, Trump is bad, Trump is bad. And eventually you're going to start thinking, wait a minute, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe what they're trying to push on me is wrong because they're coming on a little strong. So if they're coming on a little strong, it means something. I don't know what it means. So maybe I should do my own research. And people do their own research and they come to the conclusion, wait a minute. Trump actually is not that bad. Trump does have my best interest at heart. In fact, he does so, so much that these guys over here trying to tell me he's bad uh, are doing it because something's wrong with them. The left just doesn't get reverse psychology. I never understood it. I don't understand how they can do this and think people are going to come to their side. They have given you, me, the electric, no reason to vote for them other than orange man bad. That is not a way to win elections. You know, most people, and a lot of them will admit this, are not voting for Biden. They're voting against Trump. There are not enough people to vote against Trump to win an election. So the left has to keep trying to get more people to vote against Trump by bashing this president. And all they're doing is bringing more and more people into Trump's fold. There's a reason why an individual would spend thousands of dollars to repaint their vehicle Trump 45. And we've seen that. There's a reason why people would spend their own money buying all these flags and all this Trump paraphernalia, because it's not given out for free. 
placards and stuff like that are. But the flags, I was in Pensacola, Florida, um, Labor Day weekend. Pamela and I went down there. I mentioned that before in the podcast. And we saw one of the flotillas where all these Trump boats were going down the um, canal. And I also saw a stand uh, of where people were selling all the Trump signs, all the flags, all the signs. People are spending their own money to proclaim loudly that they support this president. This is not a vacuum. This is not happening in a vacuum. These people are passionate about it. I mean passionate. The silent majority is no longer silent, and the left doesn't know what to do. So they dig their heels in deeper, and they bash Trump even that much more, and you as well. They want us to feel stupid. You can go, you can listen to any leftist right now. You're dumb if you're voting for Trump. You're ill-educated if you're voting for Trump. Yes, ill-educated. You are a rube. You're nothing but a redneck. Yeah, well, they're going to be quite surprised come November 3rd because here's what has to happen is there has to be a huge outpouring of support for the president for this election in order to offset whatever it is the Democrats are doing underhanded to win the election. And, it, you know, I, I don't agree that Trump's going to win in a landslide. Um, I do believe he's going to win. But we are so fractured in this country to have another landslide like a Reagan landslide or a Nixon landslide where, you know, they lost only one state uh, or two states. I just don't see that happening. But I do see a huge Huge win for this president. Anyway, thanks for listening to this um, segment of the PBL podcast. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more current in the news, maybe a little bit about the BLM movement, Antifa. Uh, I, I got some things here or some thoughts on, you know, where the racists, where the fascists, and where the white supremacists are. And it's not what the left wants you to believe. Uh, but logically speaking, mm, it makes sense. So uh, stick with us for the second segment. And Woody, what you got to say as an outgoer? Woof. Well, you know, with that one woof, Woody's saying, hey, head over to our, our website, pblpodcast.com. Check out all our social media links. Click on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And also, with your help on this podcast to help us grow, whatever your platform you're listening to, please like, share, follow, subscribe, and rate this podcast to help us move up in the algorithms because we are moving this up. Soon we'll be in the top 50% of all podcasts, and we'll just keep growing it from there. But I can't do it without your help. So like, follow, share, subscribe, and rate this podcast. We'll see you at the next segment of the PBL Podcast. <laughs>